0: What is up, folks? Welcome to episode 23 of The Emulsion. I'm your host, Justin Khanna. And in typical Emulsion podcast fashion, we're going to still kind of hash out the details of the interview style shows we're doing. But today's guest is a chef turned entrepreneur and the owner and CEO of CheapFeed, an Australian company uh, that is dedicated to redefining home cooking. And it is my sincere pleasure to welcome to you to the show, Sam Bartolazzo.
1: Yo, what's what, up
0: everybody, how are you guys going? What's going on? So, I'm very, very excited to have you on the show today because we we got connected through Anchor, right? So you kind of found yeah. found the podcast on Anchor, we slid into each other's DMs and decided this would be a really, really good collabo because we're, we're essentially doing very similar things, right? Yeah, I
1: mean, yeah, it's like a weird kind of mirror happening
0: right now. Exactly. So we're both, um, maybe we can start with that. What give me a little bit of background information about you, and then people can kind of connect the dots from what they at least know about me.
1: So, like, sort of where, like, how I grew up. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Like, so where you grew up, what you like to do while you were growing up, because I think that that kind of plays into, like, why, why you're at where you're at now, and then kind of, like, when cooking came into your life and your influences growing up, and then you're American and then moved to Australia, so that maybe that part'll get hashed out during the story as well. So let's yeah, let's start. Think, let's start.
1: One thing that people don't understand is that everybody introduces me as living in Australia, but obviously my accent says otherwise. Right. So yeah, I was born and I grew up in Silver Spring, Maryland. Got so it. It's about yeah, like 10, 15 minutes from the White House. So awesome. Kind of, it's kind of like Canberra out here. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, things I that I liked growing up, I guess. Sports, gaming, you know, the typical teenager things, but, you know, cooking has always been a part of my life. You know, my mom has always been cooking around the house, so I kinda saw saw that sort of thing, Um, yeah, from as far back as I can remember, but the real inspiration sort of came along when I was sort of 13, 14, um, when I was, I think the first thing that I ever watched was Gordon Ramsay's, um, Hell's Kitchen. Got it. Yeah. And the thing is, most people don't really like him. He's got that sort of stigma that he's some angry guy, but, you know, I think all,
0: I mean, all he's, fine
1: dining head chefs have that kind yeah, of uh, thing in them.
0: exactly. He's still around, and he's still as influential as ever, and, yeah. you know, he he can cook more than, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, so... I don't know. I, I I think that's a testament to his quality as like a, a personality, you know, as as, uh, as uh, yeah, a brand. I,
1: mean, I think he just re re topped, if that's even a word, the um uh, TV personalities list. I think he's back at number one.
0: That's crazy.
1: Which is no surprise because I mean, he he's he is definitely uh, up there with unique, <laughs> to for, say the
0: least. For sure. For sure. Um. So, what? Go go back to the the growing up, like gaming and and playing sports. What what did you play growing up?
1: So I've always been a super soccery kind of guy. Okay. Baseball. Those were like, those are like my element back then. Sort of got sick of it. You know, training all week, and I don't know. Sport really just wasn't. I thought it was my thing, but it wasn't really my thing. So then I moved on to gaming, you know, esports. Got it. Dabbled into the professional gaming scene a little bit. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, That wasn't. I mean, it was good, but it's kind of. It kind of feels like. You know, when you turn twenty, it's probably not. The most smiled upon thing.
0: Exactly. (laughs) I. So yeah. I remember I was I was an externet per se, and I told my sous chef that I. Played. He asked me what I did all weekend, and I told him I played Gears of War all weekend. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, "What are, how, how why?" <laughs> he's just confused. Yeah. But for me, that yeah, was like
1: because they, they expect you not to have a life. Anyway, exactly. You was know, mm-hmm. ninety-hour weeks.
0: Yeah, but I, I also grew up gaming in that way, and it was kind of like my my escape in that way. Do you do you still yeah. find yourself gaming to, as that kind of like tension release or? it's out of your life completely yeah too busy well i mean
1: no no okay so it would be uh-huh and, it, and it, i love gaming with all my heart right it is an absolute passion of mine it is probably the best release there is but when i started my business i made a dedication and a decision to myself that i'm not gonna distract myself by gaming got it and i sold it got i was it. like mm-hmm. goodbye mm-hmm. i'll buy one when i'm 30 and yep. more successful
0: <laughs> how old are you now 19 okay got it got it got it so that you said you've been in australia for 10 years right
1: more like 15 okay got it got yeah, it like closer to closer to 15 so
0: what motivate what 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 made that transition happen to australia yeah yeah from the u.s to australia
1: well i mean i was we i, I moved out here with my parents mm-hmm. so you know we just sort of wanted a new start get away from all the drama because it was sort of around nine eleven time yep yep and we were like yep see ya we're okay gonna move to a, and plus we have a lot of family out here
0: too for so. sure for sure um and then so you you've worked in fine dining restaurants before what did you start at like a casual bistro spot and you worked your way up or you kind of just went to the back door of a high-end spot and kind of you know introduced yourself and started staging how tell me a little bit about those beginnings
1: yeah um this is probably the best time to give a a shout out to my hospitality teacher yeah (laughs) um so 10th grade hospitality was great no sorry 11th grade hospitality was great Mm -hmm. um and my teacher that was like literally the only class that I had passed at the time I was terrible at school yep um didn't listen in any of the other classes I was a bit of a bad student but hospitality uh that was sort of uh, solidifying is my passion and we we do work experience at the end of year 11 in in Australia okay where you know they send you off and you go and you work in the industry for yep. a week
0: yep now
1: I was gonna leave high school regardless and I'd already handed in my papers so I convinced my high school um, hospitality teacher to get me uh, a work experience job just for a week in a fine dining restaurant. Sure. And she landed it.
0: Wow. So
1: I went in and I worked for a week, you know, just to get that experience out of my belt. And I convinced the head chef there. I was like, look, man, can you just keep me back another day so I can prove myself to you guys? <laughs> and this was 17 year old me. Yeah. had never worked in a professional kitchen ever. Mm-hmm. And I stayed back that extra day. And the head chef came over to me as I was walking out of the door. Was like, Hey kid. I'm like, yeah. He's like, what would you do if I offered you a job here? Would you leave high school? And I'm like, I'll ha- I would hand in the papers tomorrow. Wow. So two weeks later, I started my first job,
0: and it was
1: literally in fine dining.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what was the name of that restaurant? Flying Fish. Okay, got it, got it. I, I've never been to Australia, so I'm not super, super familiar with, you know, a lot of the... You know, I know the big ones, you know, the Attica's and the Bray's and the Keys of the world, but I'm, I'm not super familiar America, with all of the yeah. other... I mean, yeah,
1: yeah I mean... I was gonna work at the Bridge Room for a while. Yep but it's a bit of, it's a bit of a drama.
0: Got it, got it. But, my yeah. my my best friend who just moved here to Seattle uh, did a six month stint at the Royal Mail Hotel. Do you? Oh yeah. Yeah, you know that place. Um, so what we we mentioned this when we talked on the phone a little bit first, like the kind of the frustrations with the fine dining scene. But what kind of sparked the moving from working in restaurants to starting your own thing? And... So,
1: I mean, oh, uh, I'm not gonna like, you know, diss the hospitality industry, it's uh-huh. a great industry. Mm-hmm. You know, you meet, you meet beautiful people, you learn some great stuff, but I feel and felt, but I still feel like it needs a bit of an update. Yep, yep. You know, I mean, not much has changed in the sense about how people are treated, you know, um, ego, there's, uh, at least for me, um, here, I feel like chefs are super underpaid Yep. and yep. the hours are ridiculous, mm-hmm. you know, so I could certainly say there were a lot of times where we had no time for a break. <laughs> Tell or, me about you it. Know, or eat. It yeah. was just work and work and work and work and work and work. Mm-hmm. Um. so I sort of felt like, you know, I'm just going to go off and do my own thing. Uh.
0: Yeah. So that is. Just bas- to get away from that sort of neg- negative energy. Right, right. So that basically transpired into Cheap Feed, which is what you're working on now, right?
1: Well, not initially, actually. Okay.
0: okay. So a little bit about that. What happened? So,
1: first restaurant, after I left, um, I worked at a couple of other um So in Australia, we don't have the Michelin stars. Yeah. There's hats, right? We've got hats. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I've I've always worked in hatted restaurants. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, bounced around for a little bit and then I took up a job doing catering. Mm -hmm. And then I was sort of unemployed for three or four months and then I was kind of like, dude, what am I doing? I'm good at cooking. I used to make YouTube videos when I was gaming a long time ago. Yep. Put two and two together. Okay. I mean, initially, initially it was just I I cooked up a plate of, uh, shit. I don't remember, I don't remember what it was, but I cooked <laughs> up something and I got my best friend to come over and take a photo of it. And we we put it on Instagram and mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: three three or four weeks later we we had racked up about a thousand followers and we're like, hey, there's probably something to this. Yeah.
0: Uh so what is that originally how you kind of like started to build a team around you? Because you, you're 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 in the stages where you have a team built, right? Yeah. So is that um, that friend that of yours was, that
1: it's actually been super recently. I okay. mean Chief Feed's been around since October last year, uh-huh. 2016. Uh-huh. Yep. Um and I only really built the team um about two months ago. Got it. That's got when it. I sort of switched the fire on and decided, look, let's just turn this thing into something massive, see yep. what happens, what's the worst thing that could possibly happen. For yeah. sure.
0: So the the decision to do Cheap Feed was to make it a media company. Am I correct in saying that?
1: Initially, yes. Um, eventually down the line, I've got a couple of little tricks up my sleeve. Uh, mm-hmm. I definitely want to dabble into events. I definitely want to dabble into catering. Yep. I want to have sort of literally, if you can think of anything that you can use food for, I want to cover it.
0: Got it. Got it. Um, And then building it to be something that uh, stands alone as its own kind of umbrella. And then there's smaller things under it. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, So maybe back, maybe this is getting back to the gaming or the the sports thing, because this is kind of something that I really connect with, with you at least. And that is kind of like the competition aspect of it. Do you have that in you or it's kind of like a bettering yourself every day something like I'm kind of curious to see where this entrepreneurial spark comes from for you well
1: yeah I mean I've always been extremely extremely competitive yep exactly (laughs) yeah I mean I mean that's why I did gaming that's why you know the sports and all that Mm -hmm. and I mean that's and cooking fits perfectly into that a hundred percent it's a it's a super super competitive place it's Mm -hmm. you know you climb the hierarchy to get yourself to the head chef position so you can boss people around, essentially, (laughs) not really. Yeah, I I hear you, I hear um, you. So for for me, I mean, originally, you know, all the typical, you know, I want to be successful, Mm Lamborghinis, yachts, and women Mm -hmm. was cool, but for me, I just love food, Yep. you know? I feel feel like food brings people together, Mm -hmm. no discrimination, you know? Uh, And to be able to teach people how to cook Right. And in turn, bring other people together and put smiles on faces. I think that's one of the most rewarding things that you can do. So that's sort of where my fuel for
0: doing this comes from. Got it. Got it. Uh, I just think that's so – so, like the the fact that there's a person that's on the other side of the world that thinks very, very similar to – <laughs> to me, it was. I was just so excited to to hear that and get you on the show in that way because yeah, it's,
1: it's bizarre. Yeah,
0: it's super weird, and the fact that you know just spontaneously wanting to publish this podcast on Anchor, and then we we found each other because we're both just you know kind of out there hustling right now. I think it's just it's it's an honor to have you. Um, but you and I are very similar in that we're both kind of thinking about content first. But yeah. At least, in your opinion, why why should chefs be thinking like media companies? Why why the why should they start? Because you mentioned that you, you you think the hospitality industry is a little bit behind. Yeah, and I I'm very much so with you on that. But why? What's the advantage to thinking the way that we're thinking?
1: One word, exposure. Yep. I mean, from a business standpoint, you know, traditionally restaurants rely on word of mouth, mm-hmm. walk-ins. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a 21st century. We have so many more tools at our disposal to be driving people through that front door and creating business or on the flip side to build a personal brand you know you don't need to climb that hierarchy anymore mm-hmm. to build your name as a chef That's i a- mean you know we got some pretty amazing people climbing the youtube ranks yep and they didn't have to be some head chef out of a michelin star restaurant in france right to, right to be who they are i mean look at you know sorted food have, have you heard sorted food
0: i have not i'm gonna write that down
1: um, they've, I mean, one of the guys is a chef. It's a, it's a bunch of friends, but one of the one of them is a chef. Okay. And they've built themselves over a million and a half subscribers on YouTube. Wow. And they've written a book. Yeah. So it's a different you know, that landscape. Proves that social media plus cooking, you don't need necessarily to be a you
0: know, restaurant in the traditional sense. Hard
1: through, you know, the ninety-hour weeks to be building a name.
0: Yep. Exactly. Uh, so. This this takes me to a question that I'd be interested to hear your take on because it's another thing that I consistently kind of like question whenever I see something happening like this and that, that it's whenever I see a, a chef announce a cookbook and we I, I covered this last week on the podcast all about the costs of creating a cookbook. And one oh, of the man. quotes that I mentioned was, you know, they they, they said something in the article about thirty thousand dollars for someone just to design the cookbook, and then another thirty five thousand for the photographer. And I was like, I would one hundred percent rather take that thirty thousand dollars and hire a videographer. You know what I mean? And make a video, complete series yeah. about my restaurant, or you know, like whatever food I'm interested in, or any of that. What what's your take on that? The, is, does the cookbook, sort of cookbook have a place?
1: Cookbook, cookbook, cookbook
0: versus video? Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, I mean, as far as Cost a cookbook? I mean, it really depends how resourceful you are. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't spend $30,000 on anything because <laughs> that's ridiculous. Right. Um, you know, I mean, if you know a photographer, you can get that for free. Mm-hmm. The design, yeah, I understand, but I mean, there's obviously some strings you can pull sure. and lower that cost. I mean, printing and publishing cost a lot, but. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think paperback books are great, but I do think you need both.
0: Mm. So, I mean, I
1: feel like you have to give people an option, you know? If you can provide the written details of a dish and also have a visual aid on how to create it, people can sort of, you know, pick and choose. Got it. Because I think everybody sort of learns differently. Yeah, like yeah, i Like me, I'm, I'm way more visual, mm-hmm. but I know people that are super textbook nerds. Got it, got it. You um, know, but but cookbooks are, you know, they're old-fashioned. For you sure. Know, I mean they're pretty much textbooks for chefs mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so so feel there, like i feel like someone's got to sort of step in and and fix that yeah
0: so there's still a place for them at least for you
1: yeah i think i think so okay
0: would you if you had to write do you do you see yourself writing a, a cookbook in the in the cheap feed kind of uh ecosystem well,
1: there's actually a lot of talk right now about that um oh. happening so got it i believe i believe so
0: yeah okay uh I know that a lot of the stuff that you're focused on right now is kind of like um, basics for the home cook do you see that evolving into something that a professional chef would use as a resource or you see it because of the market size just you know catering to the to the professional chef is a very very small market size compared to the home cook right
1: well i think eventually we'll have sort of you know more advanced stuff on the channel and on the in the books as well, yep. if, if we do that. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, actually, I, th- I think we will do that. I think we will eventually have books because I think, I don't know. I, I mean, my idea is a cookbook to be able to be read mm-hmm. and you can kind of just ignore the recipes or use them sort of either or.
0: For sure. Um, yeah, I mean. Pff. Where where did this come from for you, the, the wanting to teach aspect is it something that you kind of like you you want to see as many people cooking good food for them as possible, or you you kind of like almost feel guilty? You want to kind of give back in a certain way?
1: Well, I've always I've always loved giving back.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but I do feel like, you know, from from a chef standpoint, knowing how to cook, mm-hmm. and you don't even have to be a chef to know how to cook. You know, there's a lot of home a lot Absolutely. of great home cooks out there. Yeah, and you they're know, rock stars. An awesome thing. Uh-huh. But an observation that I've made is that most people don't either don't know how to cook, uh-huh. think they don't know how to cook, or or, you know, think that cooking's too hard. Right. So I, I sort of feel like I I want to step in and sort of teach people technique and principles and, you know, ratios, etc. rather mm-hmm. than you know written recipes but you gotta you gotta offer both yeah yeah well but i feel like if, if i can help somebody learn how to cook then they can sort of you know if it's just one of those skills that you just need yeah you life. can
0: you can literally take what take it with you wherever you go for the rest of your life i think it's super super powerful and up up until someone kind of mentioned it to me that you know this is something that like even if you lose anything you can kind of like at least cook yourself if you lose everything you can at least make yourself a bomb ass meal yeah, i think exactly. that's really powerful exactly um, and that
1: that sort of furthers my point about food and impacting people. Yeah,
0: hundred percent, hundred percent. So we chatted a little bit before the show, and th- this is one of the questions you were kind of hesitant about. So maybe I'm going to reframe it a little bit. The the original question I wanted to ask was uh, chefs that you're watching right now, at least like the ones that you see doing it right. But maybe we can reframe it, and you can also include like different entrepreneurs that you're kind of interested in, because I feel like we may or may not follow some of the same people, but maybe some. People that you're paying attention to or taking some advice from, um, okay. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, it's so typical, but Gary V is one of the guys that I yep hundred percent got my eye on right now because he is an absolute
0: machine. Yeah, he's he's le- he's a legend. He's he stays with the times. He predicts
1: the you know upcoming events and he bets on his strengths 100 like people should really do that more and especially chefs yep you know yep um, um if you can if you can bet on your strengths and and throw out the or not throw out but yeah just sort of not not really pay too much attention to what you're not good at I right. feel like you have a better chance of winning
0: mm-hmm. so for you what are what are those strengths like what what is is what you want to capitalize on with cheap feed
1: so I mean, for me, marketing and social media is a is a strength of mine. Yep. Yep. Because um, I've had lots of experience with that in the past, mm-hmm. um, and that that's sort of why I decided to go the social media route rather than open up a restaurant or a cafe or for whatever, sure. the for traditional sure. sort. Of. And I think it is now looking at it, it is kind of kind of a unique thing. Um, and cooking obviously is a strength. That's why I'm executing on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to talk. Yep, I really like to talk. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's sort of just all pieces together perfectly. And the
0: stuff that I'm bad at, I just yeah. that's why I've got
1: a team. Yeah, exactly. That's why I've I've picked up guys that are better at me than mm-hmm. at at specific things
0: in all those things. Um, and because the so the reason that I wanted to frame this question in that way is because I I feel you in that way where I I, I certainly kind of like left the fine dining seen in like working at a traditional restaurant sense because for me there wasn't anyone else out there doing anything like what we're talking about where it's like serving food but doing content at the same time where I could kind of like get that improvement on is there anyone that you've kind of seen that's doing something like that or we're kind of like you know the pioneers or if you want to call it like that
1: yeah I don't really want to big note myself
0: of course but but I mean
1: I haven't seen many people go this route except, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that do YouTube videos and there's lots of people that do Instagram and podcasts, but there isn't many people that cover it all under the food umbrella. Exactly. So I feel in that sense that we are extremely unique.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, So going back to the fine dining part, I... For, for me, at least from what I've been noticing, because I mean, I started this whole show because I, I, I'm interested in what's happening and I, I do read up on the news. Um, but for me, at least being a spectator to it, not having a restaurant on my own, I feel like fine dining kind of goes in these cycles and they're moving faster than ever, right? So we had the modernist phase and now we're kind of at least getting to the end, in my opinion, of the new Nordic kind of phase. Yeah. So um, if you had to pick someone that was going to win... In the next kind of like three to five year macro, who who do you see being that person? Like what 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 is what is what does it take to win at least now?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I I can't really name anyone because I.
0: It doesn't have to be a person, but
1: follow any. But the I in my eyes, I think qualities that you have to have Mm -hmm. to win. And this isn't even just in in cooking, but in the cooking sense, you know. Uh, You need to keep up with the trends, you know But you need to also be the one who's breaking the barrier and blurring the lines between you know Conventional and unconventional styles techniques, you know, you got to be the trendsetter rather than
0: yeah rather than the sheep Who's following the herd exactly exactly? Um, Are you an only child Sam?
1: Um, I've got two half brothers, but pretty much are you (laughs) are you the
0: oldest of those? Uh, Youngest, okay, you're the youngest. That's very very interesting. Because I feel like the, the personality type that we both are is kind of like... Because I'm the oldest, and that 100% kind of like... Uh, at least from the research that I've done on like the psychology of being the oldest makes it very, very obvious why I, I, I'm i doing what I'm doing. But uh, what, what do your parents do, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, my mom's a stay-at-home mom, and my dad works at a... Um... Company
1: that produces defibrillators. Okay,
0: got so, it, got it, got it. You know,
1: saving lives has sure. been sort of a <laughs> yeah in your in your life. I mean, I mean,
0: food doesn't save lives. No, no, I no. Feel
1: like it improves quality of life.
0: Yeah, I yeah. Guess. You're taking care of people in that in that sense. Yeah. Um, all expenses paid anywhere in the world. Where do you make a reservation right now? Like, where would where would you get psyched about going to eat?
1: Without question. Yeah. Noma under the bridge
0: got it yeah Without yeah yeah any
1: question i feel like um and that uh, he's actually another one of my inspirations uh-huh. uh, growing up renee redzepi yep um my god I, I just love his style the way he can be so resourceful and pretty much just pick vegetables out of his backyard and mm-hmm. throw it onto a plate right is just one of the greatest things ever and uh, under the bridge is sort of more of an open air place. You know, there's no walls. It's just a For bridge. For sure. It's just a tunnel. You mm-hmm. know, it's, and it's sort of that family friendly sort of vibe. Yep. From what I can see. Mm hmm. Yeah.
0: Did you get to spend any time at Noma or meet Renee in any, in any fashion?
1: Um, I've worked with a, a, a bunch of the guys that used to work in uh, Noma. In, Got it. In Denmark. Okay. Uh, and the last restaurant I worked at here, uh, Cirrus. Yep. Is at, is actually situated in the same pop-up where noma australia was got it so i've actually gotten to work with some of the guys from noma australia um yeah no i never i never got to meet him which yeah. sucks but one day one day
0: one day uh maybe you'll have him on your podcast someday what uh what was that like when noma came to australia for you were you like super psyched about it did you oh,
1: man unbelievable <laughs> unbelievable i bet that would be I heard so. Heard the news and I was like, "Wow, I need to get reservations." Couldn't get
0: them. Yeah, because it sold they out sold in that. like ninety they sold seconds. Out so fast. Ninety seconds or something. It was so know,
1: Yeah, something, something ridiculous like that. Yeah. A couple of the guys that I worked with managed to pull a few strings and get a reservation. So I was super jealous.
0: <laughs> um, no, that sucks. Well, you know, I mean, Noma 2.0, I feel like is going to come back better than ever, and there's only oh, going to be opportunities yeah, to, to have his food yeah, again.
1: He's, he's exactly one of those one of those people that stays with the trends, and he's not like mm-hmm. your typical chef that sticks with one style since the 80s. Right, and right. Then, you know...
0: I mean, he started... I mean, th- this is argu- arguable for sure, but, I mean, he did start a movement in that way, like the New Nordic, yeah. everything. Uh, what What is Rene doing right now that you're a fan of on social media? Like, he he's really big on the kind of, like, showing off ingredients, at least... From my experience, and there's,
1: there's actually a lot of guys similar out here um, doing a very similar thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean the guys from the Bridge Room and Key, or and even Matt Moran, if you if you've heard sure. of him yep. Yep. Um, do sort of the social media side of things. But I think I don't know. I don't really follow social, other people's social media that much, which yeah. might sound like something I should do, but. Right. I kind of feel like I lose focus on my own thing when I mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when I follow and yeah, check up on other people's status, I guess.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh so maybe what does a typical day look like for you at Cheapfeed because you're you're of course not in the in the restaurant industry anymore, so you have a little bit more time to play with, but I feel like that kind of I was looking at a book on the shelf the other day where it was all talking about how how different, you know, like if you work in a company, you can take the way that a chef structures their day and use that to kind of like be way more productive. Have you used any uh, of those kind of like hacks and to kind from,
1: of... From the kitchen perspective, um, writing prep lists yeah. was probably the one of, most, one of the most beneficial things that I've ever done in my life because... Mm-hmm. That's forced me now to use my
0: calendar like a prep list. Yeah. So you do, you do, you do take those principles over. Yeah. Okay. percent. Oh, and, awesome. and the time
1: management you learn from working in a kitchen as well, transfers over beautifully.
0: Yeah. It's a huge, like it's, sort it's, of, it's like night sort and day. Sort of taking
1: out, taking out the, um, the major tasks and yep. punching those out first. Right. Right. And then, you know, being able to sort of sync everything like a symphony yep. and time it to
0: finish yeah right on time pick your herbs last in that way right like the yeah that's awesome uh so going back so say say you you do get the chance to go eat at this place under the bridge um which for everybody that doesn't know it's a a a bunch of the noma staff while they're kind of closed renovating noma 2.0 are doing a pop-up underneath a bridge in copenhagen and they're doing kind of like family style uh dishes paired with wines from a wine uh supplier i guess that they're working with um, but it's just a bunch of their different staff that are from all over the world and they're just making really really fun different stuff to kind of just kind of fill the time void between then so you do get to go eat there you have the opportunity do you eat alone or do you end up bringing people with you how how do you like to eat out at those like kind of uh, bucket list meals
1: i hate eating by myself
0: really it makes me feel sort of
1: i don't know it, it feels weird okay I, I don't i don't like Sitting at a, especially at restaurants. Like at home, it's cool, and uh-huh. at a cafe, it's cool. But at a, at a restaurant, I feel like you always need company. Got it. Otherwise, I feel like because I talk a lot, as you can tell, yep. I like to yep. discuss things.
0: For sure, that's perfect. Um, so yeah, I
1: mean, I, t- for me, I would bring my team along because I feel like they appreciate the hospitality scene. Uh huh. Hence why they work for me. Yep, exactly. Uh, so I feel like they just get it, and also because I mean, dude. If we're going to be at Noma under the bridge, I'd want to make some content. Yep, exactly.
0: So, how many how many people do you have on staff right now? Um, two copywriters, a videographer, editor, and an artist. Got it. And these were all... And a all, photographer. Okay. So, these were all friends of yours prior, or you kind of, like, put out job listings? How did that whole process go for you? So I mean, I'm sure it's different for off, everyone.
1: It was me and two friends. Yep. Uh, one of my friends is a photographer. Mm-hmm. He's the photographer, and... Um, another guy who was originally going to do the website that fell through, whatever. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a few months ago, I sort of decided, dude, I'm not going to be able to make videos by myself. I don't have the equipment. Dude. I'm not going to be able to do podcasts <laughs> and the content and the blogs yep. and all that by myself. I need a team. Sure. So there's a website out here called Gumtree. Which okay. is pretty much the same as Craigslist. Got it. So I just put up a job listing. I was like, look, I need a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I had to, re- you know, I put up, you know, internships, whatever, you know, just to get a team that won't expect a 50K salary right off the bat.
0: Yep. Yep. So,
1: so, mm-hmm. and su- to my surprise, we had like 40 or 50 people actually apply for jobs. So I actually had to interview people. Wow. Which was really a bizarre feeling It. At- at my age, especially. Of course.
0: Uh, what What were some kind of takeaways for you with that entire process? Like, what were you looking for? I mean, you mentioned kind of like, of course, you can't pay them a ton of money right away. But what What were some like? Do you have? Can you remember any example interview questions or things that you specifically looked for in individuals that wanted to work with you? Um,
1: yeah, I mean, so for the for the the video guys. I would ask them to show me you know, their style because I feel like every video guy has their own style and I need somebody that's more of like a chameleon and can mimic styles and take p- bits and pieces from styles. So right. the guy that I interviewed for this and who works with me now is absolutely amazing. Um, just his organizational skills. So you know that's a big a big factor. You need you know anybody that works with me needs to be super organized and you know on time and reliable. I think that um, yeah, that's huge. The accountability is just the biggest thing because mm-hmm. I've had team members fall out because of their oh. accountability, and you know I feel like if you do what you say and you say what you do, you. You know, I, I don't really care too much about where they come from, sure. what their education level is, or mm-hmm. their experience to an extent. Yep. As long as you know, I just put them on trial. I'm like, dude, come
0: do a shoot. Yeah. What
1: if I like what you do, you'll stay.
0: Right. What What kind of weight does your word hold, basically, in that way? Yeah. Exactly. Um. Okay. So you ha- you have the team in place, and and you're all out for dinner. What have you have you experimented with this yet? Because I had. I had a time when I really wanted to do kind of like an interview-ish kind of like food blog. I, I launched it. I, I published like uh, six episode, like I guess dinners of it. I called it The Two Top, and it was basically me and another person, uh, and I would yeah. record all of the audio from the thing, everything we were saying about the dishes, and then I would write it out as a blog post uh, afterwards. But what would – if you if you guys got, had the opportunity to go eat there, what, what kind of content would you be interested in kind of – Capturing. Um, would it be like a cinematic kind of like slow motion, like the vibes, I mean, like if, a vibes? If
1: it was allowed, I would record a video. Got it. You know what I mean. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um, if not, then I would record podcast content there. Yeah, that would be awesome. Ambient, ambient noise and sort of some talk about the food and the style and mm-hmm. the sort of vibe and environment. Yep. Um, but the, I think the major thing for me would be trying to get my foot into the kitchen and do a quick interview with one of the
0: guys got it got it uh yeah that would be super interesting especially like if you could because i feel like with the food that they're doing now there's probably like one dish per staff member and there's a lot of like stories that go into that so that would be really really cool to um to capture in that way yeah for sure yeah um so I'm interested to hear a little bit more about kind of your ambitions with CheapFeed and where you kind of see it going. What would what would be a win for you with CheapFeed as like a project in itself or as a company?
1: I mean, yeah. So at the moment, it is it is just a project. It's just an experiment. But with the results we are getting, we are looking to launch as a legal entity, as a company, in the next couple of months. Got it. Um, so a win a win for me. Um I mean it, it's cheesy as because right now everything that's being put in place is a win because we have so much going on. Yeah. Um but I feel like a big win uh in our in our world would be a book. Yep. Um even even if it was like a biography style sort of thing mm-hmm. or or to land an interview with you know, a big name chef in Sydney would be really cool, right? As like a pod- that would sort of be the stepping stone into the next kind yeah of phase,
0: uh huh, for sure. Um, how how are you guys generating revenue now, with via events or social well, media it's, plugs? It's literally still startup. Yeah, 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 for so, sure.
1: So we're we're still building the website. We're still mm-hmm. generating that um, that.
0: Momentum, audience, yeah, yeah, yeah. to then mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. convert into a business. I feel like I, I, I'm a big fan of delayed gratification. A hundred percent. I feel like I, if I wanted to, yeah, I could be making money from this now, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: I feel like the big money comes with patience. Yep, yep. And it's and, great to hear you know, building it with grace and and yeah, and with patience. Sure. To the point where I can then convert, you know. There's no point in trying to cash out on a thousand followers.
0: Yep, exactly. And that's super, super great to hear from someone, you know, uh, uh, of course of your age. I mean, so I'm 25 and I also get the very similar age age card, right? So it's like, oh, you're so young, like you're doing this yep. thing. Um, but it is it is important to be patient, I think, because, you know, it, it's, it is very easy to cash out early, especially when you're doing media related things. But oh, yeah. to build something that's truly remarkable and that's going to kind of, like, be a legacy play is 100%. Um, and I think it's so funny that we both listen to or at least follow Gary Vee um, because he does talk a lot about this kind of stuff. Yeah, he does. Um, yeah. When did you get into – like, when did you find Gary Vee? Oh, man.
1: About a year ago. Okay. a little further back. yeah. So- yeah before i actually decided to launch um feet G- at all mm-hmm. um i was still working in the kitchen and i was like dude this guy's awesome <laughs> how can i do similar to that and, right because i i sort of saw his his leadership you uh-huh. know the way he runs a company mm-hmm. and has reliable people that work for him and not in a cocky way but no um, i wanted to do that
0: mm-hmm. and
1: not and not not in the sense of oh i just want to skip through the hierarchy and get to the top yeah obviously you have to i mean to have a company that size takes 10 years to build
0: 100 percent.
1: so you know i don't i feel like the grind to get to where he is mm-hmm. or to, well, to where i want to be i feel like um i think that's i think that's the fun part right and sort of uh yeah, seeing how even at his level, he still has goals that he wants to achieve. Absolutely. Sort of makes me feel like I have zero excuses to not be executing on the goals that
0: I have. Mm-hmm. So, the way that I see that for you is not like, I, I, I personally don't think that you have to feel guilty about taking the path that you've taken because, you know, building some exactly. like climbing up that hierarchy is you're basically just kind of like stepping aside and building your own ladder right instead of like climbing yeah. up the one that's already built in that way right and right. i think that's going to be way more commendable in in a decade than you know try being 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 an executive chef at somewhere that has multiple hats right yeah um i, I think so yeah 100 percent. i'm right there with you uh i was gonna ask a little bit about uh do you have so for everybody that doesn't know this Gary V guy that we're talking about is an entrepreneur based out of New York City. He owns a company called VaynerMedia, um, but his whole spiel is he has an ambition to buy the New York Jets, which is which is an NFL team here in the US. So, do you have something like that, Sam? Like a a, a grand, you know, like something a North Star that you are kind of envisioning that's like um, way bigger than cheap feed, way bigger than yourself, way bigger than have you established something like cuz i personally don't have anything like that. <laughs> and so i'd be curious well, I
1: mean, to i've had a couple of pretty pretty gross goals. Mm-hmm. i mean, a rolls royce is sort of one of my yeah. bigger goals, but i mean i've i've had a couple of thoughts, you know, uh, eventually turning cheap feed into a restaurant at the bottom of an office building. Got it. That i own? Uh-huh. Is sort of
0: the that's the vision. Late the late game yeah, sort of yeah. goal. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, and you're patient with it. Obviously, it's not a you don't How need you it. Have you have don't need it. it yeah. You don't need it in 2017. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so I don't know if you've thought of anything uh, while we've been talking, but I always kind of end the 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 show with a oh well I, I actually did want to talk about um, this one story from Anthony Bourdain um, where he is releasing a, a comic book. Did you ever read his first one that he produced? It was called Get Jiro? Get Jiro?
1: Yeah. Um, no, I haven't read it, but I heard a lot about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked into his, the. well, it was the second book in the series, but it was the prequel. Yep. And I think I like that a little more because he sort of talks, rather than the present, he talks about um, the chef's sort of life and how it turned him into the chef that he is in the first
0: book. Right. Did you did you read did you grow up reading Anthony Bourdain's stuff in the, in that yeah. way? Like when you okay, yeah. so you haven't read any of his. Um, do you, how do you feel about him as as a figure? Do you support it? Do you respect it? Do you like? Do you look at it as the greatest
1: oh, there's, there's a major. I mean, let's be real. He wouldn't be on TV. He wouldn't be writing books if he didn't mean something to the mm-hmm, world. Mm-hmm. So you have to at least respect that. And I think. He's very unique in the sense that he can turn food into a comic book. I think that's yeah, just really cool. Yeah,
0: super, super, like a, a, a weird fusion in that way. Uh, what I think that's a an interesting... So this is where I see kind of like f- the food media going in that way, right? Where it has to be kind of a fusion of, of two different things, and those are going to be the cookbooks that kind of like, at least you and me are interested in, right? Because... What do you remember? Do you have a a cookbook that you've bought recently? Um, I haven't bought a cookbook in a long time, I've got,
1: man. I got a couple of uh, yeah. I haven't really. I've been gifted a couple. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm just trying to think of the name of this one. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Thug Kitchen. Okay, is that who 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 is that by? Um, do I don't know actually. Okay, is think... that sounds like a Vice book, like. <laughs> you know the media company yeah, it Vice. does it really does it's, it's by oh my god what's my computer doing Hold on. no you're okay
1: it's by thug kitchen okay so they're
0: they are a company in themselves yeah okay um
1: so yeah i mean it's kind of it's still it's still not my my style yep yep there's lots of cursing and i mean that is sort of super chefy but i feel like it's gonna piss some people off yeah of course um no but it is a good book okay cool it's different and it's sort of got that comedic factor and that sort of yeah um yeah it's unique it's not like your typical textbook you know all of jamie oliver's and gordon Ramsay's books are great right it's just recipe on paper for sure for sure and so when when i want to write a cookbook and this is what we're sort of this is what me and my writers are talking about right now is like I said before, a cookbook that you can just read the story yeah. and not not have to use the recipes if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. And so you sort of have
0: that option. I feel like that's a super interesting kind of, you know, you, because it, it it is nice to see something that's a little bit refreshingly different than than a normal, you know, traditional cookbook in that way. Um, but so this, this is something that Anthony Bourdain is doing. He's calling it um, Hungry Ghosts, and it's going to be yeah. – a riff on the Japanese Edo period game, 100 Candles, in which samurai would try to one up each other with stories to freak each other out. So the tellers won't be samurais, they'll be chefs from around the world, and their stories will be united by their focus on food. So that is something that I thought, you know, you and I would at least enjoy because it's kind of like a competitive. Yes, 100%. We, we, we do do it's that. Just way out there. Yeah, 100%. And there's, there's great. The whole thing with me with doing content online being chefs and doing doing stuff with food is that to me there's so much content that goes uncaptured in a restaurant. Oh my God, yeah. And Yeah. You know, the first person like the people that the people that recognize that and the people that, you know, provide that to people as access, um, I think are gonna be the ones that are, that are gonna win, at least to me.
1: Oh, yeah. No, definitely. I mean, there's there is a couple of guys who've got my a couple of channels that I've got my eye on because okay. I like to look at YouTube. Yep, that's that's what sort of where I follow the YouTube side of things because I For feel sure. like video is huge.
0: Yep, it's a video, monster. It's I a mean, monster.
1: Scroll through your Facebook feed. There's no more photos. Yep, exactly. There's no more news stories. It's video. It's yep. all video. Yep, yep, yep. And so
0: a couple of guys i mean if you look at chef steps yep exactly so they're based out of seattle which is yeah. literally to write down it's i can literally be be there in 10 minutes which is great and they're a huge um you know inspiration of mine but maybe we can get into that in a second but keep keep going uh, on who who you're watching um yeah you, Sh- chef steps and sorted are sort of the two yep the two big leading ones ones for me um so I've been having some kind of qualms with ChefSteps lately, and if you looked at their comment section in their YouTube videos, you'll see it in the same way. But people they they really kind of alienated their audience because of Jewel, right? So they built up this oh, huge yeah. community of people that really really loved their educational, like basically free YouTube content that they were putting out, and then they kind of
1: two hundred dollars, yeah, and now, of, <laughs> and now it's thing. it just
0: yeah. turned into a commercial. And everybody hates yeah. it. So I'm really kind of like interested to see where they either pivot or kind of like, you know, kind of do, do, do Fail. their, well, yeah, maybe fall in, in the way where their community is, is their most valuable asset, not a sous vide machine, you know? Yeah. Um. So that, that's going to be very interesting, but. I mean, in their defense, I mean, I think it is good as, I mean, sort of have
1: their own products too. Yep yep they've got I'm, knives they've got chopping boards 100 utensils and mm-hmm. aprons and but to me but pe- the difference is mm-hmm. that they don't they don't push it right they say hey right. these are on offer and this want. is what we're using yeah for sure uh and i think chef steps is more hey all of our recipes now are going to be sous vide yeah. and if you want <laughs> to use a sous vide machine you're going to buy ours exactly exactly and i feel like that is one of the most dangerous moves you can make in business because like you said your audience is your most valuable asset and Mm -hmm. the second you lose that trust you lose an asset and and your business crashes
0: right and i don't know i mean this is of course like an internal chef steps thing but you know i I would be curious to see because if you listen to interviews with chris young who's the one of the co-founders of of chef steps he he says from the start they've been a technology company which is very, very interesting. They're not, they don't look at themselves as a media company, which is great for people like you and me because it basically just market tests, proves that you can build a substantial audience off of cooking on the internet, which is what they did. But then when they decided to kind of, like we just talked about, make all of their content a commercial without giving their audience a heads up at any point in time, people's people's bullshit radars are stronger than ever right and the second you kind of like the second people
1: I think now are more afraid of being sold to mm-hmm. um, because of people like this and there's a lot of entrepreneurs that do it as well yep, yep. you know, a lot of a lot of these visionary guys that say hey you know you want to build a big business blah 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 and then right at the end of this the show they're like here buy my thousand dollar course
0: uh, Yeah. And you just lose people in that way. And it's, you got to ride that line because of course you need to make revenue, but at the same time, you know, you, 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 there's a a better way to do it. Yeah. Because there's always going to be a guy, there's always going to be a guy that's going to be able to do it cheaper than you. So you just have to kind of be confident in, in that. And I mean, it, it, you you eventually end up curating your own audience in that way by what the content that you put out. So I just thought that was yeah. a very very interesting play. I, I I I appreciate hearing your take on on it because Chef Steps is one of those channels that I'm a little bit indifferent about right now. Um, and you know, not I am not personally offended because I get it. I know exactly why they have to. They did what they did, but, yeah. but I, I just feel
1: like people would be sort of off put by it
0: yeah I just want to I'm taking it as a very very important lesson right where you you don't want to you may you want to make sure that if you're going to sell your audience on, on something you don't do that hundred 180 cold turkey switch in that way yeah would,
1: and just slam a product in people's face
0: yeah would you ever yeah. kind of come out with are you a gearhead do you do you kind of freak out like do you do you, enjoy knives and equipment and stuff like would you put cheap feeds logo on a a mixer or a blender or a knife i've
1: I've been looking into it yeah obviously i'm not going to execute on it yet but Mm -hmm. once i have a big following right i feel like we're gonna put out you know chopping boards and i Mm -hmm. think the biggest thing that i really want to do is partner up with a japanese knife company yeah get and get the bird put in the side of a a Japanese, you know, Damascus steel, yep, yep. you know, carbon steel. I can see it. Chef's knife. Yep. And I think that would just be really
0: cool. That's as beautiful. As like a one-off production kind of thing. That's beautiful. Who, um, where does the logo come from? The, the bird. So
1: originally I just, you know, we, we named it cheap feed with an A Uh huh. and I was like, that's kind of boring. Let's put it with two E's. Got it. And let's make a bird the logo. Yeah. Yeah. And so I got somebody to draw it up and it was cool and we had this hand-drawn logo And then until recently when I hired an art guy, I was like, look, can you redesign it?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So he did and now if you if you have a look at our logo, yep um, It now has a meaning
0: Okay and It always
1: has had a meaning, but now you can actually see the meaning behind it If you look at the bird, right. the, the wings look like a leaf Right, yeah, it has a bird's head and it's got a fish's tail,
0: okay,
1: so you got land air and you've got the the ocean there. I understand, and I understand that's sort of like the subliminal message behind the logo that's so fantastic,
0: cool, yeah, I didn't even you know that that that's a that's a super cool you know little insight um but I like it i like the i like the the bird, but I can totally see it on a knife for sure uh so did you happen to think of a non-industry story while we were chatting or I I have one if we if we don't you know as a yeah, little backup for yours, yeah. uh, are you a comic book guy? Like do you enjoy uh, not really. movie movie no. movie madness? I I saw a trailer today for the new Thor movie, the Ragnarok movie. Are you into oh, it? Yeah. yeah man, it's like the the teaser trailer was great but this new trailer is just it is my it is my zen Zone. So when I was wor- uh, when I was working at the French Laundry, I used to take my days off and I would do double feature movies. So I'd go see like a three p.m. movie and time it perfectly with like a five p.m. movie, so I could just stay in the theater and just sneak into another.
1: Wow, it's just yeah.
0: Movies and theaters <laughs> are my jam, and it's where I kind of zen out, and I I get a lot of inspiration from them because I mean it's essentially all stories and performance and you know playing with emotion yeah, and I'm, all I'm this. Sort
1: of the same actually. Uh-huh. Except the thing. Is... <laughs> normal movies anymore i used to be so heavy into the you know
0: action and
1: yeah and superhero movies and fiction and then i don't know where but somewhere along the line you know i watched um the social network yep
0: yep that is also a very influential movie for me
1: jobs movies okay and movies like the founder so now i only ever watch Movies that in, yeah. Movies that inspire you in that movies. way, yeah. Or
0: food, like food-related movies as mm-hmm. well. Like
1: Chef was that was a big inspiration for me. That
0: movie, really. Actually. Okay, in the in the realm um, of like saying saying fuck you to the restaurants and doing your own and, thing
1: and going off and food trucking was actually sort of a thing that I was looking into because it's not as expensive as running a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Exactly, um,
0: and it you literally have like all the freedom in the world to exactly do whatever you want right i've so i've i've been i've been doing some events with some food trucks out here in seattle and i've i've toyed with the idea of doing a multi course food truck where you kind of like post up in the forest or you post, post up on the beach or you you know like you post up at a really nice park and you kind of can kind of do a multi-course thing where people get like you know a buzzer and you have a screen inside of the truck and you know every single every couple minutes they they can come up to the truck and get their next course and kind of sit in this beautiful you know environment around them I think that would be super super interesting and I've never seen anyone do anything like that but yeah and the thing
1: is I feel like um out any chefs they're they always sort of stick to their roots and stay in the restaurants. I don't feel like a lot of guys really want to break away from it because they get comfortable, I feel like. Right.
0: They get comfortable and I, I feel like you kind of, um, you spend a lot of time building up this kind of career for yourself, right? So like, you know, the chefs in, in, the, in the traditional sense would work for maybe like almost 10 years to build themselves up to like executive sous chef somewhere. And then, of course, the traditional path being you kind of like find investors and they invest in your in your own restaurant. But yeah. you know, when when you've kind of gone so far, it's kind of it's very daunting to think about doing you know, kind of being like, "Oh, screw that! I'm going to do a food truck." You know.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, it's sort of that fear of throwing away everything you've you've been worked working for it so hard. A
0: hundred percent, a hundred percent.
1: But I feel like at at, at, at my age. I have the flexibility to do that, and mm-hmm. I feel like that's a luxury that I'm very grateful for. Right, because you know, if you're 45 and you've been in kitchens for 20 years, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you're you're you, getting you to you that kind point. Of don't have that luxury of, hey, let me throw away my career in the kitchen and build myself up from scratch again. I don't feel like a lot of people are in a position
0: to actually do that. Sure, sure, and it's very 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 interesting i because it's another thing that um gary talks about where it's like you could you, you and i you and i could screw around with these projects i were doing for 5 years and wake up and still be less than 30 years old yeah you know exactly. and that is intensely intensely motivating for me cuz i do question it sometimes i'm like well why am i doing why am i doing what i'm doing when i could be you know building Myself Because that's something Where you just kind of Look up and see Everybody else around you Doing something different And it's It's very Like it's unsettling But it's also like It it is intensely Motivating for me To be doing something like that
1: Yeah no 100% And I mean Especially Yeah being Under 25 Mm -hmm. I think Yeah I mean Five years is a long time Right did, but to still be under thirty and still have more than half of your life to go, yeah. I feel like that's an that's an expense that's, I feel like, uh, worth, the
0: risk. Right, right. Did you did you encounter any sort of? So my big thing was that I basically spent the last two and a half years in in Norway, where I kind of you know took over a kitchen and I was running it more or less on the day to day and now I come back here to Seattle where I have zero connections and know zero other chefs, and, you know, I've been kind of building a network, but I would be interested to see how it would have gone if I'm doing what I'm doing back in Norway, where I have a big connection of people. Did you kind of encounter any backlash from people that you worked with or people that, you know, when you decided to say, hey, I'm doing this thing called Cheap Feed, did you get I'd any... I never actually mentioned it. Got it. You just kind of like...
1: I, yeah, it's. I kind of just left and all the connections sort of got cut because, you yep. know, they, they're in their own world and I was I was in their world too, but then moving out of that world, you sort of lo- lose connection with people. And I just decided, dude, I'm just going to focus on my thing and I'm not going gonna... to, I didn't really go public about it very much. I didn't really, and I even still now, I don't really talk about it that much. People ask me what I do and I say, yeah, I run a, a food media company and they're like, oh, cool. And I just <laughs> leave it there.
0: Yeah, for sure. Because you know I amassed a, a pretty like it wasn't it, it's not huge or anything but it, it you know it's a network of people who like you know I've worked with in the past and it's for me it's very like um I yeah. want to try like I wish there was more people like you Sam where I we, we I could just talk with you on this level and you would just get it you know and, yeah, and, and and in and the I way where, yeah like telling telling other people where it's there isn't more people yeah out there with and I
1: feel for me especially because I've got this competitiveness and I've got this drive mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and not being cocky, but no. my ambition forces me to work. Right. And to see other people not have that ambition mm-hmm. and not execute on their ideas saddens me. Yeah. And I feel like I can't connect with those people. Right. And I mean, anyone everyone has ideas. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I think it makes a true entrepreneur like yourself and myself sure um, to t- to take any
0: idea and just to execute one hundred percent just run with it. Um, <laughs> so maybe that's where we'll we'll kind of end it. I know that you and I could probably talk for hours, and I have no doubt that we will over the coming months and years. This is going to be a very very interesting conversation to come back to. I feel oh, like yeah. in you know what we were to- what we were talking about in in July of twenty seventeen, and it's going to be great to listen to. Uh, down the line um, where can people find you online Sam um,
1: on Instagram at uh, Cheapfeed. yep um, Twitter at cheap Facebook slash cheap and Got it. YouTube uh, actually YouTube we don't have a special URL but uh, the link to my YouTube will be on my Instagram bio you uh- can see me on iTunes as well
0: Got it, got it. Um, and this will all be linked up in in the show notes for everybody who's you know listening. Any anywhere that you happen to be enjoying the show. Um, I really really enjoyed this, Sam. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, we Thanks are going to do me. yeah, of course. We we are going to do another show where I'm on I'm on your show. Am I am I right? Yes. Perfect. So the the tables yes. are going to turn. Uh, so definitely stay tuned for that. That's also going to be a episode of the Emulsion. That's going to be a flip side episode where I'm going to get interviewed. Uh, you know, at least I'm going to feature it like that. It's going to be your your podcast. But I'm super super excited for that. So everybody, stay tuned for for episode two, I guess, of Justin and Sam. Um, awesome. But for 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 everyone, uh, go ahead and give give a holler to sam at cheap feed go ahead and ask any questions you have for him um but until next time sam thanks so much
1: thank you so much thanks for having me have a good Take one care.